Welcome everyone to Dead Talk Live. I'm your host Viz from Walking Dead Now. I want to welcome all of our viewers who are joining me tonight. Hope you could spend the next hour here with us. If you're joining us for the first time and want more information about our show, please visit our website at deadtalklive.com. And as always, if you haven't already done so, please visit us on YouTube. Our channel's name is called Walking Dead Now. Please go ahead and subscribe. And if you're there right now, please go ahead and hit the thumbs up button on this broadcast. Want to welcome some of our viewers here tonight. We have Xanders. We have Khaleesi with us on YouTube. Singer Chick. Uh, Slacks is joining us here tonight as well. Lindsay Sparks is with us on Facebook. Skippy TV is with us on YouTube as well. Jessica is with us on Instagram. Uh, La Familia is with us on Instagram. TKA is giving us smiley love faces. Welcome to all you guys. I hope you're enjoying your Thursday. It is Thursday evening. The week is going by fast. I hope everyone's enjoying their Thursday evening. Reminder that tomorrow we do have Vincent Ward who played Oscar in season three of The Walking Dead. He's going to be our special live guest uh, it's going to be a great conversation. I definitely invite you guys to uh, tune in tomorrow and don't miss that one. Misty Lowry's just joined us on Facebook, as has Sylvia. Hello, Sylvia. Thank you for joining us tonight. And, uh, and also another guest announcement on October 27th, which is Tuesday, we are going to have Michael Abbott Jr., now, Michael, Michael Abbott Jr. played Isaac in the Fear of the Walking Dead Season 6 premiere that we just saw last weekend, uh, which was by far the best Fear episode to date, hands down. That Season 6 premiere was amazing. So, uh, he played Isaac. He was the one that uh, saved Morgan. We find out later in the episode that he was bit. Uh, he's the one that brought Morgan back to help him get back to his wife, who was in labor at the time. Uh, they ended up, you know, helping each other and taking out the bounty hunter. Uh, Morgan did go back to his killing ways. But like I mentioned on Monday, he's not the same killer Morgan that we have seen in the past. He's a lot wiser now. And in my opinion, it makes him a lot more dangerous. And Virginia definitely has something to be afraid of. So Isaac, played by Michael Abbott Jr., will be our guest on uh, Tuesday, October 27th. And stay tuned because we do have more guest announcements that we are going to be making in the uh, days to come. Uh, so definitely stay tuned to our social media on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. And the name is the same on all four platforms. It's Walking Dead Now. So let's see who else is with us here tonight. Uh, like I said, Sylvia is joining us. Jeffrey is joining us from the Philippines on Facebook. Lisa is with us as well on Facebook, as is Kathy from my home city. Well, state at least. She's from New York. Welcome, Kathy. Where in New York are you from? Uh, Sabina is also with us. Uh, Khaleesi writes, he was off the charts. Speaking about that finale, uh, Slacks wants to know, how do you guys feel about the world beyond so far? I'm loving it. I'm just fascinated. It makes me just keep coming back, you know, week after week to see their progression and how these kids are going into a world that they have absolutely no idea of and all the stuff that we know as viewers they're going to face but them being the characters on the show have absolutely no idea what they are in store for so i love world beyond i can't wait to see it uh javitor has just uh joined us on instagram giving us a thumbs up welcome to you guys uh, so let's see what we have as far as any news announcements today. Eugene has encountered the Commonwealth. Who are they? 
As readers of, of Robert Kirkman's original The Walking Dead comic books will know, the soldiers who ap- apprehended Eugene's group in the season 10 finale belong to the Commonwealth, the largest group to appear in the entire history of the main Walking Dead series. The soldiers in white are the Commonwealth's militarized police force, and their armor and weapons give some idea of their new community's extensive resources. And you know what? I got to mention this to you guys. When I first saw the pictures before I saw the Walking Dead finale of the Stormtrooper outfits that these soldiers would have, you know, I just glanced over it. I'm like, wow, this is something new. But when I saw the episode and in the those last few seconds where they surrounded Yumiko, Eugene, Ezekiel, and Princess, and I got a closer look at what they were wearing. Uh, to me, it looks like one of those laser tag type uniforms that they give out to people playing laser tag. It's not, I don't think it's bulletproof in any way, shape, or form, but it probably will protect you from head to toe against a walker bite, against the bite of a zombie. So, to me, that's what it reminded me of uh, when I got a really closer look at it on the finale. It totally reminded me of something you would put on at like a laser tag arena. I don't know if anyone else thought of that as well. But that's that's what it reminded me of. So we'll see. Um, Misty Lowry on Facebook writes, Hello, everyone. How's everyone doing? I've been looking on Netflix when the season 10. It's They told us it's coming out sometime this month on Netflix. They didn't give an exact date, but the month is half over. And as we get closer to the end of October... I would not be surprised if it's a Halloween release, October 31st. Wouldn't surprise me one bit if they release season 10 of The Walking Dead on Netflix on Halloween. That would actually be pretty cool. And it's only two weeks away. It's not that far away. CC Wheezy writes, I want to see the Stormtroopers versus the CRM guys in black, you know, those guys and that's those CRM soldiers, their uniforms, that's no joke. I think the Commonwealth managed to put together some, uh, you know, stuff that will protect them from walkers. But those uniforms that the CRM soldiers wear is on an entirely different level. Yeah, the Commonwealth has 50,000 people that manage to build this community that we're going to find out about in the next season. But I think they are no match for the CRM. If the CRM wanted to, they can probably go in there and wipe out the entire 50,000 strong Commonwealth with very little effort. Very little effort, you know? Uh, Xanders on YouTube writes, that's exactly what they look like in regards to the uh, laser suits. They, they do. That's what they look like to me. Laser suit outfits. Anyway, uh, it goes on to say that the matching white and red bloody armor is a stark contrast to the rudimentary, rudimentary metal plates of Hilltop and the Kingdom, where the soldiers' uh, assault rifles helpfully fitted with for bayonets for silent zombie killing represent a huge upgrade on Alexandria's scavenged mix-and-match arsenal of guns. The Commonwealth's ability to install floodlights using a portable power source also reveals the extent of their technology and how much further towards civilization they've developed compared to Alexandria. Can't argue with that one. The Commonwealth's brief introduction is entirely faithful to the comic books, from their pristine outfits to the aggressive hello. In Kirkman's story, the Commonwealth is a thriving, bustling community spread across a vast area and encompassing approximately 50,000 citizens. 
Aside from the military police, the people of the Commonwealth enjoy a host of conveniences from the old world, including shops and cafes, sports arenas, concerts, and a full judicial system. At the top of the three sits a governor who rules over the entire Commonwealth, and that is Pamela. Uh, Now, how does Stephanie relate to the Commonwealth? Stephanie is the voice that we've been hearing over the radio uh, that Eugene has been talking to for this entire last season. After arriving at the train yard, Eugene was expecting to find Stephanie and a few of her companions. Instead, he gets a heavily armed soldier pointing a gun in his face. Given that The Walking Dead's track record, it's natural to assume that Stephanie has betrayed Eugene and exploited his barren love life to set up a trap. That's cold, man. Barren love life. I mean, it's true. It's still cold. That's cold. The confrontational matter in which the Commonwealth introduced themselves certainly suggests they didn't come to make friends. That's one way to look at it, or you can look at it as them being extremely cautious about this new group of people that they're about to meet. So, who knows? In the comics, however, The Walking Dead's Commonwealth debut is more a shock and awe tactic to establish dominance. Although Eugene is Alexandria's resident DJ, the Commonwealth employs a team of workers to man their radio systems and reach out to other communities. One of these workers is Stephanie. During their remote conversations, Eugene interpreted Stephanie's uh, reticence as an abundance of caution, not wanting to divulge too much in case she was talking to someone untrustworthy. This assumption was some way off as Stephanie's reluctance is due to her breach of Commonwealth protocol. After making contact with another community, Stephanie was supposed to report to her superiors, not start flirting with the man on the other end of the line. Naturally, the Commonwealth are less than pleased to discover one of their radio grunts has set up a meeting with an unknown community. So that's interesting. Is Stephanie going to face any backlash? The Walking Dead's 10, uh, Season 10's Faithful Commonwealth intro suggests Stephanie's backstory will remain the same. The soldiers approach Eugene with such gusto because this meeting hasn't gone through their official channels. And the quartet from Alexandria need to be thoroughly checked and vetted before their relationship with the Commonwealth goes any further. Stephanie has had no say in the attack and likely isn't even present in the train yard. So, you know, a lot of good assumptions there. Uh, Don't know how much of them are going to come true or not. Uh, We have to wait and find out about that one. Uh, Saz writes concerts. Oh, Beta would have loved that. Oh, yeah, could have put good old country singer Beta front center stage at the Commonwealth. If only Alpha and her crew made it that far out to West Virginia. You never know. There could have been some hope left for Beta after all. Uh, Slacks writes very cold in regards to the comment about uh, Eugene's very barren love life. Uh, Also goes on to say, I wonder how the Commonwealth will meet Alexandria and if both groups will have conflict or not. Now I've addressed this before. They're 50,000. Some will get along great. Others will not. It's not going to be an all or nothing type of thing. Uh, what happens in the Commonwealth in the comic books is a, is a civil war. Not because of Alexandria, per se, but because the people are living under a classification system. And they don't like the unfairness to that. And basically leads to a civil war. And it might get, it probably does get sparked with the introduction of our survivors meeting the Commonwealth. 
But yeah, uh, some will get along, others will not. And we just have to see how that plays out as well. Um, uh, Janine on uh, I'm sorry, on Facebook writes, it will always have conflict. Self-government sucks. Uh, Yeah, there will always be conflict. Whereas there's going to be multiple people, there's going to be conflict. And that's true here today in the non-apocalyptic world. And it's also true in the post-apocalyptic world as well. So, next thing on the list here, the Commonwealth isn't the Civic Republic, but it's Maggie's community question mark. In The Walking Dead, the Commonwealth are the only group of their kind, you know, we basically just reread that in the prior article. Um, you know, going on to say via Fear of the Walking Dead and the Walking Dead World Beyond, this group has been revealed as a Civic Republic Alliance, a three massive communities working to find a cure in absolute secrecy. The Republic's influence is underpinned by their military arm, the CRM, who wear black body armor and wield assault rifles fitted with retractable bayonets. For viewers unfamiliar with the comics, it's easy to mistake the Civic Republic and the Commonwealth as the same group, especially since the latter were once thought to be behind the helicopters. But it's not. The Commonwealth and the CRM are two completely different entities, and I personally have doubts big serious doubts in the upcoming two-year season 11 that we're going to get that I don't think the two even cross paths. That's my prediction. I don't think the Commonwealth will ever get a whiff of the CRM, and I don't think the CRM will ever get a whiff of the Commonwealth. That's just my opinion. Welcome to Stephen Garza on YouTube. Uh, Janine writes, Maggie does have a medical background too. I don't know pre-apocalypse if she does have a medical background. I mean, going through the apocalypse, she uh, everyone has learned some uh, pretty vital first aid techniques. But I don't think uh, she was just a farmer's daughter. As far as I remember, I could be wrong in not remembering it correctly. Uh, but anyway, however, it's possible that the Commonwealth was where Maggie stayed throughout The Walking Dead seasons 9 and 10 with Georgie taking the place of Pamela as the community's governor. The masked warrior helping Maggie fight the Whisperers could potentially be Mercer. That was that was knocked down by Angela Kang. It's not Mercer. And that was in the article I read yesterday. Uh, Angela Kang came out and said, with no uncertainty... The masked ninja person who is with Maggie is not Mercer from the comic books. If Maggie had uh, existing connections to the Commonwealth, their reaction to Eugene surely wouldn't have been so intimidating, which implies Georgie's community is an entirely separate entity, but with strong similarities between Georgie Pamela and the Masked Warrior slash Mercer, would The Walking Dead introduce introduce two comparable communities in its final season? Why not? Now, the Commonwealth, friend or foe? Neither. Some friends, some foe. Like I said, it's too big. The Walking Dead season 10 finale doesn't exactly show the Commonwealth in a welcoming light, and the Whisperer's defeat paves the way for a new villain, strongly suggesting the Commonwealth will be bad guys in The Walking Dead Season 11. No, not all of them. Uh, While it's possible that the AMC series will deviate from the comics and make the Commonwealth outwardly evil, the group operates within a morally gray area in the comic books. After a brash first impression, the Commonwealth's representatives are more welcoming towards Eugene and his friends once their intentions are established as genuine. 
compared to the sanctuary or Woodbury, or terminus for that matter, the Commonwealth is a bona fide utopia. The group don't attack other communities for supplies, nor do they kill their own people for dissension. Most residents of the Commonwealth exist happily and safely without fear, not forced to worry about food, shelter, or marauding undead creeping up from behind. Inevitably, however, the Commonwealth isn't all it's cracked up to be. Otherwise, The Walking Dead's final season would be rather dull. While the Commonwealth's lack of Negan's murderous swagger or the governor's sinister manipulation, the Commonwealth is rife with inequality. The, ver- the vision of Rick Grimes was to build a, dem- a democratic society where citizens were treated equally, but the Commonwealth harbors a chasm between social classes, and this doesn't necessarily sit well with Eugene. In the past seasons, the Walking Dead villains have been morally clear-cut, but the Commonwealth will force viewers to reassess their perspective on right and wrong in the zombie apocalypse. Just like I said, you know, it's a... they, uh, they are definitely unfair. If you were important in life before the world fell apart, you're going to be important in the Commonwealth. If you were not an important person before the apocalypse, you're not an important person in the Commonwealth. So that's the big sticking point. That is going to be what's going to cause a lot of tension with Eugene uh, and everybody else from our communities when they do see what the commonwealth is all about so let's see singer chick writes herschel was a veterinarian and she assisted him with his surgeries all right there you go so okay i see where you're going now with maggie's medical background extra shots writes i wonder if negan took a shower after he sniffed his own boot i don't know um slacks writes i wonder how rick would have dealt with the whisperers if he was there well we know rick we knew rick for nine seasons and we can pretty much sum up together how his reaction would have been would he have done a better job of uh disposing of them sooner probably not uh rick as we all love him, he was not a perfect character, nowhere near. He, We've seen him make his share of very bad decisions throughout the years on The Walking Dead. Uh, so, I don't know. You would have handled him the same way they handled him without Rick. Uh, he would have probably tried to avoid conflict at first. And when conflict, uh, you know, comes knocking at his door and there's no way to avoid it, he would have fought back. He would have fought back just like Daryl, Carol, and the rest of them ended up doing because they were forced to. Alpha was not going to just let them be in peace. That was not going to happen. Welcome to Teresa on Facebook from South Mississippi. Amina is also joining us on YouTube. Grace is with us on Facebook. Hello, Grace, and welcome. So, here's an interesting thing, all right? This article says, The Walking Dead Worlds Beyond Survival Training makes no sense. I got this. This should be interesting. Uh, With AMC's original The Walking Dead series coming to a close... Its handful of uh, offshoot shows are beginning to take the spotlight. Fear of the Walking Dead is still going strong, recently kicking off its sixth season, and is no longer the only game in town when it comes to the Walking Dead spinoffs. The Walking Dead World Beyond is fresh on the TV scene and is already making waves as one of the most important additions to the canon in quite some time. It's very early into the show's tenure, but early reactions to it are giving off mixed signals as at best. 
and per usual, fans are not af afraid to voice their opinions and theories. While many viewers welcome World Beyond to the Walking Dead chronology, others are a little more hesitant to accept it. Discussions on Reddit about the show are especially enlightening on viewer attitudes, with many airing their skepticism over the inconsistent acting and the clunky dialogue making it clear how they feel about what they've watched so far. At the same time, others are beginning to raise questions and make interesting points about things in this new corner of the Walking Dead universe that just don't quite add up. One such query applies to the Walking Dead Beyond's main group of kids and their apparent lack of survival training in the ongoing zombie apocalypse. One would imagine that growing up in a time in which the undead masses roam free, you'd pick up some survival skills along the way. This isn't necessarily the case for the likes of Iris. And they put the wrong actress's name. They listed Alexa Mansour as Iris. So you can tell this article, to use a British term, is rubbish. Rubbish. How the hell do you say Alexa Mansour plays Iris? Aaliyah Royale plays Iris. So we're not even going to read the rest of this. Hell no. I was like, you know, like I stated to you guys before, I like to voice various different opinions on what people are writing about on the internet. But when you get a huge, you know, mistake like that, then it's not even worthy for me to continue reading because obviously these people don't have a freaking clue what they're talking about. They can't even get character to actress's name correct. So, yeah, to hell with that. Uh, amazing Edits on Instagram writes, Viz, I found an article which said that Negan could be going to fear after season 11. After the live, I try to find it for the next live stream. Wow. I mean, Negan going to fear the Walking Dead after the after the original Walking Dead ends. I don't know. Uh, it could happen. I don't see why not. Uh, should be interesting if it does. Singer Chick on YouTube writes, uh, been binging early seasons. Gosh, those were just so great. They were all so new. They were just in, in constant danger because there were so many walkers out there. Uh, extra Shots writes, do you think Negan... Uh, extra Shots is obsessed with Negan and his showers. I don't know if the dude has dandruff. And I don't think he really cares. You know, in the post-apocalyptic world, having a few white flakes in your hair... I don't think it's that big of a deal. You know, if it happens to me, that's something I don't have to worry about. <laughs> that's all I could say. You know, uh, dandruff is uh, not something I need to worry about. Uh, <laughs> Lindsay Sparks uh, says, I'm liking the world beyond. It's a bit slow, but I'm enjoying it very much. I like it too. And I think it's starting off slow. Not, I don't really even think it's slow. It's just, it's the character building as we've seen down throughout the entire Walking Dead history. And I really believe that it's going to start really firing on all cylinders. When we had Iris played by Aaliyah Royale as a guest on our show, but uh, you know, she went on to say that episode four is, was like one of her favorite to film which is the episode that's coming up after this Sunday's episode. So it's going to start kicking up. The action is going to start getting a lot more intense. Uh, there's going to be a lot more plot twists. And they're just slowly getting us there. They're getting us to the point of knowing the characters first before they really start to uh, face some tough times out there on the road. So... Like I said, every episode makes me, you know, leaves me wanting to see the next one. 
Uh, Stenningall on Instagram says, I'm doing the same binge watching The Walking Dead. I'm up to season four, episode three or four. Oh, you're coming up close to um, episode eight, uh, which is when the governor brings down the prison because Rick let him go. And that's what Carl blames him for. He, you know, when Rick's unconscious after the prison falls and Carl is talking to his dad while he's laying on the couch, he blames him. You know, you knew he was out there, he goes to him, and you let him go. You wanted to be a farmer. And, uh, yeah, Carl was definitely airing his uh, grievances out with his unconscious dad. CC Wheezy on YouTube writes, that's kind of like people still asking what happened to Rick. Is he coming back? Huh, don't get me started on that. Um... Emir on YouTube writes, I saw a theory that Iris draw on the phone, uh, Michonne and Judith, and write Rick, because style of drawing in her dreams and on the... No, 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 no. Man, that is... I see where you're going with that. You're talking about the, the white outlines that we saw in the beginning sequence of Iris's dream, and then matching the drawing that Michonne saw uh of uh herself on the uh on that phone from rick supposedly and somebody is connecting two dots right there that are not even in the same universe so i see where you're going with that but no i don't see that at all um let's see what else is going on Bree is with us on facebook hello Bree. Uh, Slacks writes, just going to ignore <laughs> extra shots. Uh, you know, I believe him where he says he read that. That does not surprise me. But like I said, it's just fans out there who are trying to connect dots. They're trying to see connections where there are no connections. So I definitely do not see that happening. Anyway. Moving on, Lenny James says the Walking Dead ending announcement took him by surprise. Lenny James has admitted that news of the Walking Dead ending took him by surprise when the announcement was made last month. The long-running zombie drama will draw to a close in 2022 following an extended 24-episode 11th season. Though spin-off Fear on which Lenny uh, James now stars as Morgan Jones, will continue with two new spinoff series also in the works. The announcement took me by surprise. I can't say otherwise, James told RadioTimes.com, but that moment was always going to happen at some point. It just had to. There's only so far it can go. Those news might be disappointing for fans, James suggested that having a long run out with the extended final season will allow The Walking Dead, a show which he says has earned its place in television history, to say goodbye in the way that the creative team would want to. On one level, it's a hell of a gift, but it's also what the show deserves. He insisted, I mean, it's been worldwide monumental behemoth and has redefined television in its wake. And I think that having a long lead out is just fair testament to what the show is and what the show will always be. Alongside James's fear of The Walking Dead, a new anthology called Tales of The Walking Dead, and a spinoff focusing on the characters of Daryl and Carol are also being developed alongside a series of movies featuring Andrew Lincoln's former Walking Dead lead, Rick Grimes. Lincoln and James both appeared in the very first episode of The Walking Dead back in 2010, and while they haven't shared the screen since James left, the original show in 2018, with Lincoln exiting later that same year, James is keen to be reunited with his old co-star. Uh -uh. Obviously, the answer to that question is yes. Whatever it happens 
or not is up to the powers that be, he said. But there's talk of a Daryl Carroll spinoff, and there's also talk of Tales of the Walking Dead. So there's possibilities. We'll just have to wait and see. But to be back on the set with Andy in any shape or form on any show would be a day that I would certainly show up to work. So that just shows the mutual respect that Lenny James and Andrew Lincoln had for each other. And Lenny James is a real class act, as is Andrew Lincoln. They're both class acts, and they are the ones in that pilot episode that we got 10 years ago. It'll be exactly 10 years uh, this Halloween, in two weeks. It's going to be the 10-year anniversary of when The Walking Dead hit the TV screens. And although I know a lot of our viewers who are watching this right now, when it came out 10 years ago, were too young to watch it live. And you guys became fans of the show as you grew up a little bit and binge-watched all the way to where we are now. And it's great to see a whole brand new generation uh, coming into the show and becoming such huge fans of the franchise as well. So definitely a good thing. Uh, Janstep is with us on YouTube. Welcome back, Janstep. Busy B says the walker with the bees is coming out of my... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The walker with the... Uh, that had the uh, beehive inside of them. That was creepy as hell. It was a great scene. Done beautifully. Shot beautifully. Uh, but that was awesome. Um, Khaleesi writes, I love the walker. Uh, very smart scene. Uh, Pokely is also with us on YouTube. Hello. So let's get started with our topic for tonight. Okay. Tonight we are going to be talking about epic one-on-one -on -one combats on The Walking Dead. And what better place to start than between Rick and Tyrese at the prison in Season 4 when Tyrese finds out about Karen and David and sees their burnt bodies. Um, if you remember, Tyrese and Karen were in a relationship. Uh, Karen got sick, and as we found out a little bit later on, it was Carol where she thought she was doing the right thing, but in times that we have seen Carol do, kind of jumped the gun and basically killed two people who just had the flu. And she burnt their bodies in the courtyard in the back of the prison. Daryl and Carol tries to intervene to calm Tyrese, who is really seeing blood red. For a moment, it was looking like the fight could be one-sided with Tyrese coming out on top. But Rick does get the upper hand, and it's Daryl who pulls him off of Tyrese. The, the fight was very intense with Rick, sporting uh, split knuckles and left Tyrese bloodied and bruised on the ground. One of the rare instances where we actually see Rick Grimes uh, without having to use any kind of underhanded tricks to come out on top in a one-on-one -on -one fist fight. Uh, a lot of the times, you know, Rick used his mind not just sheer brawn, as like Shane would. You know, Shane could kick someone's ass with no problem. Uh, Rick was not the best one-on-one hand-to-hand fighter. Uh, but he always was smarter than the people he was fighting. And that's why he almost always came out on top. Michonne had to come in and save him several times. The most notable one being with the governor. The governor was merely seconds away of ch to choking the life right out of Rick uh, until Michonne came in and stabbed the governor from the back. Um, Lindsay Sparks on Facebook writes, that was a good fight scene between Rick and Tyrese. Uh, CC Weezy on YouTube writes, yep, yep, you got the upper hand with Daryl holding Tyrese back. Uh, 
Next, we have Michonne versus the governor in season three. This is where Michonne finds out about Penny, the governor's zombie daughter. All hell breaks loose between those two. The moment Michonne kills the governor's undead daughter, Penny. From fist to kicks and wrestling on the floor, we also see the governor smash Michonne's head through the aquarium containing the collection of walker heads. Much of the stunts were choreographed with the real actors, except for when the aquarium is pulled down by Michonne. According to a featurette, as the tank was made of real glass and was heavy, it was therefore too dangerous for Denai Guerrero, who played Michonne, to perform this stunt, so a stunt double took over. And just the sheer fact that they did a lot of those stunts on their own is a big bravo to them for that. Now back to the fight. The governor looks to be gaining the upper hand when he has Michonne on the ground in a headlock and a chokehold. Michonne manages to reach out, break off a piece of glass from the smashed aquarium, and stab the governor square in the eye. Uh, Just as Michonne is about to finish him off with her katana, Andrea walks into the room with a gun pointed at Michonne and she puts uh, herself between them. Again, not one of Andrea's brightest moves. And uh, that's what plagued the uh, character of Andrea on the TV show and why she was not such a the fan favorite as opposed to the Andrea that we got to see in the comic books. Uh, Walani on YouTube writes, Michonne and the governor fights one of my favorite fight scenes. Uh, Slacks writes, Shane versus Rick was a brutal fight. Lindsay on Facebook writes, I was thinking of the fight between Morgan and Jesus. It was like a dance. It was amazing. That was an epic fight. Um, so anyway, the next battle it involves the governor and this time with merle as you can tell the governor's was in a lot of you know hand-to-hand fights having already taken some heavy blows by two of the governor's men merle is then grabbed by the governor and thrown to the ground even though merle is down he still manages to put in a good fight to get back on his feet and this is where you see just how brutal the governor is when he bites off two of Merle's fingers and splits them across and spits them across the room. I mean, I've said this so many times. The governor was just an evil son of a bitch. He was just pure evil. He was a psychopath. The fight is soon over when it appears that the governor breaks or traps Merle's arm, then shoots him point blank in the torso. And leaves him there to turn. Uh, who of course is found by his brother Daryl. And I think we all remember that scene very well. Uh, now next, Governor and Rick. You know when the prison falls, we discuss this. Michonne had to come in. The governor uh, kicked Rick's ass. There's no other way to put it. The governor kicked Rick's ass. Rick was, he was a goner. He he would have been dead if Michonne had not stepped in and stabbed the governor in the back. Rick would have been dead. The governor got the upper hand. So that's not even a question that we can even ask ourselves. Hello to Rhea on Facebook. Thank you for joining us. Uh, I mean, when it comes to that battle between Rick and the governor, if it was not for Michonne, There is no doubt about it. Nobody here can question it. Rick Grimes would have died right then and there and halfway through season four. So anyway, uh, moving on from that, uh, you know, looking back at season five, there is another epic one on one fight scene between Daryl and the cop from the hospital in Atlanta where Beth was being held. Uh, This takes place during the rescue mission for Beth and the group are walking through the parking lot areas of Grady Memorial Hospital. 
Daryl is attacked by one of Don's officers, and during the struggle, he puts his finger right through the guy's eye sockets. No, sorry. He puts his fingers through the walker's eye sockets that had been melted by the napalm onto the asphalt and pulls the head right off the walker. That was a badass scene uh, pulled off by Daryl, you know, played by Norman Reedus. This is a quote by Norman who liked this scene and describes what Daryl does with the walker's head. I also like putting my hand up inside the walker's eyeballs and using him like a bowling ball and smashing that cop right across the face. Now, moving on, let's get to the Rick fight with Pete, Jesse's abusive husband in Alexandria. In this case, it was looking like a brawl from the Wild West when both men begin the fight inside of Jesse's house, spilling outside when they both smash through that bay window. Uh, everyone in the community hurries over to see what's going on. Jesse tries to pull Pete off of Rick, but she is backhanded by her husband before Rick gets the upper hand. Then Carl tries to pull his father off of Pete when it was looking like he might take things a little too far, but Rick pushes Carl away from him. That's the rage that Rick had inside himself for, for Pete. He hated him. And he had no problem killing him right then and there in front of everyone to the point where when his son came over to try to break it up, I don't think Rick even knew it was Carl. He shoved him away as if he was some stranger. He just did not care. Uh, then Carl tries, you know, and then Deanna's voice, we, you know, we hear Deanna's voice telling everybody to stop. Finally, it was Michonne, uh, that had to come in. Rick started to go on a tirade, uh, to the people of Alexandria. And that's when Michonne came in and knocked Rick over the back of the head with the butt of a gun, knocking him unconscious. And we've talked about this scene before as well. Uh, Denai, who plays Michonne, hit Andrew Lincoln a little too hard, where according to him, he actually did black out for a little bit because she whacked him over the head a little too hard with the uh, butt of that gun. I don't know if you guys knew that or not. Uh, but we have talked about that in this show before. So... How about the fight between Glenn and Nicholas? Okay, Stephen Yen and Michael Trainer. All right, in the woods. Although Glenn was ambushed and shot in the shoulder, he was still able to give it everything he had and did overpower Nicholas. Glenn had uh, could have killed Nicholas, but he did not. He couldn't do it because he still believed Nicholas could be redeemed. You can either see it that way, where he saw that Nicholas could still be redeemed, or that Glenn was not a cold-blooded killer at that time. But that theory of Glenn not being a cold-blooded killer was completely smashed away when he went along with Rick's plan to kill the saviors in their sleep. Uh, it's, it surprised me personally Watching Glenn do that, really not raising any kind of objection whatsoever, it sort of goes contrary to what we have, you know, learned from Glenn up until that sixth season when that happened. But yeah, Glenn did it, and he seemed, yeah, he had a maybe a little problem with it, but he was the one that had to talk Heath through putting a knife through a living person's head while they slept. So, you know, take it for what you want, but, you know, Glenn, uh, Glenn definitely had it in him. He did, you know, he did murder people. Uh, so, anyway, going back to Nicholas, uh, when they return to Alexandria, he doesn't tell anyone what happened 
which Nicholas does respect and appreciate. The, you know, he didn't tell anybody that Nicholas tried to kill him. The fight that broke out, uh, that gained Nicholas's respect, and he tried to live up to Glenn's expectations, and we all know how that turned out. The fight was vicious enough that both men came out of it pretty damn banged up. Next, we have Carol and Morgan. That was a great fight, all right? It was over Owen, the wolf, who Morgan wanted to keep alive um, in Alexandria. Carol was not having any part of that. She wanted him dead. They had come in and viciously murdered a lot of the citizens of Alexandria. Both characters uh, matched each other uh, for skill and determination, but Morgan overpowered Carol by strength when he lifts her up and throws her to the ground, knocking her out. Owen then knocks out Morgan and takes Denise hostage. Now, another epic battle is that we have is Daryl and Richard. This is one that a lot of people forget about. This fight started when Richard was going to use Carol to make Ezekiel fight the saviors. His plan would have resulted most likely in Carol getting killed. And we all know how Daryl feels about Carol. So it came to a no surprise that the two men went head to head. Richard and Daryl are evenly matched to the point where they both get to their feet, aim their weapons at each other, uh, other at their, sorry, they aim their weapons at each other at exactly the same time. Uh, the fight ends on mutual grounds, but Daryl does warn Richard that if anything ever happens to Carol, including getting struck by lightning, then Richard was going to be the one that has to answer for it. Uh, there is another hand-to-hand -hand combat worth mentioning simply because of how gruesome it was. And this was in Season 8 when Morgan finds himself overpowered by a savior straddling him on the ground. Morgan sees the savior already has a wound to his abdomen, so he sticks his fingers into the wound and pulls out the guy's intestines, uh, disembowels him with his own hands. Uh, I'm never going to forget that scene. Uh, kick ass in the gore factor. If you don't like that kind of stuff, you probably looked away. But Morgan, you know, stuck his finger into the guy's belly and ripped out his intestines with his, with his bare hands. I mean, it was, it, it, I don't know. I don't know what other words to use to describe it. <laughs> so next on the list is uh, the fight between, between Michonne and uh, Scavenger on the balcony when the scavenger scavengers led by jadis betrays alexandria her name was farron and this happened in the season seven finale this is when the scavengers decide on a bet you know to take a better deal from negan betray alexandria the fight between michonne and farron is brutal and it was looking like michonne was not going to make it out of it alive uh, with her last remaining strength, Michonne was able to push Farron over the balcony and to her death. Even though we don't get to find that out, because when she does fall, the camera at that point is on Rick and Carl hearing someone fall off the balcony. And of course, they assume that it could very well be Michonne that just died. Uh, this just goes to show that Michonne doesn't need a katana to win, although she is very badly hurt, and she does take a lot of time to recover. So Michonne is a badass with the katana. She can hold her own in a fist fight. The girl just can't shoot. Just keep her away from a gun, because she can't shoot her way out of a wet paper bag. But other than that, Michonne's got some mad fighting skills. Um, next, we have the final battle between Rick and Negan. 
With Negan gaining the upper hand, Rick uses both his weaknesses to stall for time, which, of course, is mentioning Carl. He then slashes uh, Negan's throat, which ends their combat. And if you hear Negan tell the story to Michonne, when him and Michonne are talking, when Negan's behind bars, and Michonne is asking Negan what has he spoke about with Judith, and he tells her that he's, you know, he talks to her straight. He, you know, he shoots the shit straight with her and even told her about how her dad ninja sliced his jugular, his throat in a fight. So let's go on to Maggie and Gregory. Yeah, like I said, there's no shortage of pretty good one-on-one fights on The Walking Dead. Uh, Maggie and Gregory, shortly after Maggie was ambushed by Earl, who was set up by Gregory, who, by the way, is going to be a guest on our show, played by Xander Berkeley. Gregory is going to be on our show here very soon. As soon as we get a date confirmed, we'll be announcing that as well. Uh, Maggie finds herself in another fight for her life. Gregory pulls out a knife, but Maggie manages to twist the knife free from Gregory and holds it against his throat. Now, Daryl and Beta. And I saw some of you guys mentioning that fight between Daryl and Beta. Uh, There's a lot of Daryl getting tossed around and slammed into the walls as he tries to use his two knives to cut into Beta. There were times when Beta had a chance to kill Daryl, but it looked like he was trying to get some information first. Uh, the combat does come to an end when Daryl manages to hide under a floorboard after he is hit through the wall and ends up in the other room. Beta tossed him around like a rag doll. Uh, I mean, that pretty much sums up that fight in a nutshell. Uh, this, like I said, gives him enough time when the beta walks past him, looking down the elevator shaft. Daryl runs up, sneaks up behind him, and kicks him over the uh, into the empty elevator shaft, thinking, rightly so, that he should have thought so, that Beta was dead. Until he runs into him again in, in the woods, and that look on Daryl's face, that he sees that Beta is still alive, he's like, damn. You know, you're still alive. But that was an epic fight uh, between Daryl and Beta on The Walking Dead. And um, Daryl had to use his smarts because straight up, hand-to-hand with Beta, there are not a lot of people in this world who are going to win that fight. The guy is big. He's huge. Uh, Walani on YouTube writes, Love Maggie punching Gregory. Uh, Walani's a big Maggie fan. Uh, good to see you too, Walani. Uh, Stone Walker writes, I missed all the gang, the old gang, including Merle. Let's see what some other people on Instagram are saying before we got to go. Janie Joe is uh, with us. It's good to see you back, Janie Joe. Dominic says, It's pretty sad that Rick is gone, but I was excited to hear that he might be in the world beyond. He's not. Rick Grimes is not going to be in the world beyond. Sorry to shatter that for you, but that's not going to happen. So, sorry to be uh, the bearer of bad news. But we're going to see Rick Grimes again in the movies. So, there's going to be plenty of that. Uh, So, anyway, guys, we are out of time for tonight. Thank you so much for joining me for this past hour. It's always uh, my pleasure to come on here and talk to you guys uh, about the show. Tune in tomorrow. We are joined by Vincent Ward, who played one of the prisoners in season three of The Walking Dead, Oscar. It was him and Axel, played by Lou Temple, the two prisoners that really integrated themselves into uh, Rick's group. And they were both killed by uh, the governor's people. Sadly so. Uh, Oscar died while trying to rescue Maggie and Glenn when they were kidnapped by uh, Merle. So anyway, Vincent Ward is going to be on with us tomorrow 
to share his experiences of what it was like filming the you know entire eight episodes first half of season three of the walking dead so you guys don't want to miss that tomorrow go to our website deadtalklive.com to get all the information links upcoming guests featured recent episodes visit us on youtube our channel's name is called walking dead now please go ahead and subscribe if you haven't already done so if you're there right now please go ahead and hit the thumbs up button on this broadcast i'll be back again tomorrow night guys and until then stay safe and always stay walking